0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Revival's Family Podcast where we discuss what God's doing on college campuses and the need for prayer, family, and revival. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Revivalist Family podcast. We have an exciting guest with us today, our dear beloved brother and friend, Alan Hood. Alan is one of my favorite Bible teachers, communicators, but I love who Alan is. I love who he is as a father, as a husband. I've learned so much about leadership from alan from pastoring Um, i am a big alan hood fan and so so glad to get to have alan on the show today want to just give you a quick preface that we did this episode over zoom so the audio quality will not be the same unfortunately but i tell you it's going to be worth it so please bear with us in the sound as we do a virtual podcast episode with alan hood
1: ty it's an honor to be with you friend It's a joy. I miss you and your beloved family. Same here. Same here. But I'm glad in the lockdown you're enjoying your home, your kids, wife, Angela, and and just know we, the hood's love. Love you
0: dearly. Thank Thank you. Thank you. We miss having you here in Kansas City, but we celebrate new seasons for you guys and what the Lord has in store. Amen. Well, today, um, you know, I would love to dive into, you know, just the season that we're in. And just this moment that we're all finding ourselves in where we've been locked down for two months going and all of America and around the globe, life has been disrupted. Our ability to be able to eat out, to watch sports, go to stores, go shopping, you know, so many things that have been normal to human life, you know, American life. I mean, we, we now find ourselves in this time where we don't know how to do life. And I think in a, in a painful way, there's so many that have gotten sick many that have died lost loved ones you know many are feeling just the, the fear of of catching this virus the uncertainty of finances and and just not knowing you know what the future holds and and just even you know for believers not knowing how to really walk out their christian faith in this moment how to do church how to do community and really even how to posture our hearts amidst this time of crisis and and recently um you released a a article that, that you wrote that i thought was so both challenging and troubling in a great way just the the reality of how we respond in times of pain crisis and disaster. And and I'd love for you to uh, just share your heart and what you've been processing amidst this COVID-19 pandemic. No,
1: thanks, Ty. You know, I I think when when it first happened, I was coming back from Phoenix and I was actually sick. I thought I actually had COVID-19. I'm still not sure whether I did or not. But I began the lockdown a few weeks before a, a lot of states had required it, and, and I found myself as a minister of the gospel going, okay, how do I respond? How, what words do I look to? And a lot of times we can use the Bible to justify or to comfort us falsely or justify our political or religious uh, opinions, and so uh, we can use the Bible in lots of ways to influence us. and. So that's why, you know, you got to be careful about that, because Jeremiah said when they were in Jeremiah's day, the word of the Lord was very different than Isaiah's day. In Isaiah's day, it was get in Jerusalem. God will protect you. In Jeremiah's day, it was go to Babylon or you're going to die in Jerusalem. (laughs) If you quote Isaiah in Jeremiah's day, you're in trouble. And if you quote, you know, Jeremiah in Isaiah's day, you're in trouble. And so, we, how, where do we go in the word without bias? And so, as a minister of gospel, I, I usually go to the words in red first. I wanted to know how Jesus responded to pandemics. What, what does he do? And, and we see him approaching the issue of sickness and death in, in various ways. Of course, we see him healing the sick. We see him weeping over Lazarus. We see him weeping over Jerusalem. We see him healing, driving out demons and affliction, and um, yet in Luke 13, he gives a response that at first is a little unsettling. You know, he's brought into this discussion of, of current events. It's almost as if they're talking about these current events, and they draw Jesus into it, and they're talking about, the first one is A tragedy, a crisis that's done through military oppression. You know, Pilate spills the blood of these priests on the altar. So in the holy place, this place of peace, of prayer, of worship becomes the place of bloodshed, and they're talking about it, and they're discussing what humans do when tragedy comes. Mm -hmm. You know, humans look for an easy answer, who to blame, what's the solution? And so uh, Jesus answered in a very uh, disturbing way. In fact, the whole first part of the lockdown for me was trying to get over how disturbing Jesus's answer was. In fact, I didn't hear anyone in the first days of the pandemic quote Luke 13. In fact, I've only heard one man ever quote Luke 13. John Piper had the whatever the audacity. uh, Yeah, the audacity. At September 11th to say, Hey, wow. if those in the tower were any worse sinners than you, you repent, or you'll wow. likewise perish. So, Jesus, in this section, gets drawn into this, you, you know, public discourse about tragedy. The first one's a, a man made tragedy, the second one's a natural disaster. A tower falls and kills those in Judea. And so, Jesus, he It's almost as if everybody's giving their opinion about why this happened, and Jesus just cuts through the opinions of the day and just levels them with a personal confrontation and asks this, really? I mean, this is not the answer of a seasoned leader. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this, this doesn't have the decorum of a Jack Hayford, you know, of, a, of an ambassador of, that brings us all together. He just, he asked this strange question, you know, do you suppose you're a worse sinner than those Galileans?
0: That is not politically correct.
1: <laughs> do you suppose you're a worse sinner, that they are worse sinners, those Judeans, than you? Are they worse sinners? No. No. And emphatically, twice, he says, no, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Now, when I first were, was looking at these words in red of Jesus, they offended me. I, I don't know how you feel, but I'm like, wait a minute. That's, a hard that's, your, that's your response to priest bloodshed in the temple and a tower, a natural disaster falling on people? Um, you better, do you think they were worse than you? No. But the tower is going to fall on you unless you repent. I mean, he he answers in such a strange way. And what I, as I begin to seek the Lord, my heart really began became tender because I know this: Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's the tender Lamb. He, he's the tender Savior. And so His words are never meant to be harsh. They're they're meant to cut through our delusion. They're meant to cut through our opinions to get to the heart. And so, basically, Jesus says, use the natural disaster, use the tragedy to get to a personal confrontation with your heart. How's your heart? Where are you at? And I don't know how you felt. I, I was, the first month of the crisis, just so many opinions. So, so many, just so many, and, and and they were good. I mean, it, it was, you know, my dear prayer movement friends were saying, "This is the opportunity to pray and fast and drive back this demonic horde uh, of mm-hmm. COVID 19 You know, the my my dear friends in the in the missional church were saying, "Hey, the the days of mega churches are done. We need to get the small groups." Back. <laughs> Oh, that can live on past the government gathering restrictions. You know, my sacramental brothers of the Greek Orthodox and various movements were saying, hey, it's time to actually embody the gospel and visit the sick and risk dying. You know, my, my post-millennial revival friends were saying this is going to end with, with, you know, the supernatural power of Jesus to heal and a third great awakening. And so you almost had every every different sector of the body used it as their soapbox moment <laughs> to put forth what what God's given to them. Yes. And while that's good, and and I and I agree with all those positions actually, what began to press my heart is that's not the first thing Jesus is looking wow. for. He's looking for a personal confrontation. To ask us how hard our heart is yes and, and you know it's kind of similar to the prophet joel ty where he's standing there in a locust plague fires have broken out the crops have been destroyed which is their economy their economy's devastated it's done the seed for next year's crop has been destroyed the cattle are dying from drought so you not only have a locust plague, you have drought and fires hmm. and this pandemic is destroying the nation. And the very first thing he does is he ask a question. Has anybody seen anything like this in our day? It's almost as if the prophet is going, hey, guys, time out with your opinions. Time out with your false bravado or false comforts. Uh, Time out. Has anything like this happened? And it's like he's saying, guys, are you connecting your heart?'" To the crisis. And later he's going to say, rend your hearts, not your garments. I don't want your religious activity around your religious biases and soapbox soapbox issues. I I want your heart. Yes. And I found, I don't know about you, Ty, but after all the lone shootings, 9-11, the hurricanes, you know, SARS, AIDS, you know, Ebola crisis. I just didn't feel anything, and I realized I was sitting there one day as I was meditating on these words in Luke 13, and I realized, oh, my gosh, I think at that point, 40,000 Americans had died. I haven't even wept, and then suddenly I realized, what? And I'd even released that first article. I'd given my two cents on my soapbox issue, (laughs) and the Lord said, Alan, you haven't even wept. Wow, your heart's disconnected. You have these places where you put lone shooting, crisis, uh, you know, natural disasters, uh, uh, pandemics, and now I have this file, this you know, file called pandemics, where I kind of put COVID nineteen and SARS, and and we just keep living, and yet, beloved, nothing has ever happened like this in our day. The whole world shut down. Wow. We, we should be shocked, and and I haven't even wept for the people dying, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Alan, you, you have gotten used to living with a hard heart, a disconnected heart that sheds no tears. And I heard the Lord say, this, the eyes should cry before the mouth opens, mm-hmm. you know, a heart that sheds no tears, but speaks forth opinions, brings yeah. no change. Wow. There's nothing, I I tell you, a disconnected heart is the death knell of the the spiritual life of prayer. How how do we pray? We're having all these Zoom meetings and praying. I've not seen anybody cry on them yet. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, we think we're spiritual. And we don't know how far from God we are. You know, we don't, Jesus weeps over Lazarus and he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. You know, he's just, where is this tenderness? And so, I found, my, found myself these last two months really asking God, "I want to repent. I want to. I want a deliverance from a hard heart. And and I and all these opinions, the multitude of opinions, without brokenness are or weeping. And I, I wish I could tell you I weep daily for what's going on, but I don't. I'm crying out to God to deliver me. I, I'm really I'm really going. I live with a disconnected heart almost on a daily basis. I'm not like Jesus. Oh God, help us, Lord. Unless I repent, I will likewise perish. And um, man, the gift of this pandemic, I don't know any other time in history when God has given the church a couple months to just go home and get right with your with your Lord with your family, uh, and just push pause. And I'm really trying to take advantage of it. I'm, Lame. I don't want to die a hypocrite. I, you know, I want a soft heart and I want, I want God to be able to multiply a soft heart, you know, a tender heart. And so that's where I'm at. I, I began okay. finding myself going, I don't care about my opinion. I need a time of prayer and reflection that God might lead me to repentance. You know, repentance is kind of a bad word today, but it was the first word from John the Baptist, and it was the first word from Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, and it was the first word from Peter in Acts chapter 2, and um, and and even when God was, the Lord was, Jesus was preparing the tender lamb of God who died for our sins and rose from the dead, was preparing the seven churches in Asia Minor for time of global crisis, or at least in Asia Minor, regional crisis. Five of the seven churches, he said, repent. And the last one, he said, be quick to repent, be zealous to repent. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to get in touch with this word, repentance, that we don't talk about really. You know, uh, repentance and the fear of the Lord are kind of the, the, the two stepchilds that no one wants to talk about in the Bible. (laughs) You know, it's, you don't, we're afraid of it. Like we're afraid to yeah. tremble. Like like most of the words are, don't fear. And, and I know what they mean. They, they mean don't have an ungodly fear. Don't okay. have an inordinate fear. Yeah. You know, the kind that traumatizes you and t- demonic torment. But yet at the same time, Jesus said, fear the one who could throw the body and the soul into hell. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. It's clean. It endures. He says he gives the secrets his secrets to those who fear the Lord. You know, it says he blesses your your children. Blessed is the man and woman who fears the Lord. Their descendants shall be mighty in the earth. Amen. It says to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, Hebrews 12 tells us to embrace the discipline of our loving Father because it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God, you know, to fear the Lord you know it says to share the gospel because of the terror of the lord you know these things so i'm trying to get in touch with what would be normative for revivalists of the last 2000 years but have been you know we scare we're, we're more afraid of losing sleep today or being disturbed by anything that steals you know, that disturbs us. We, by my gosh, you can't lose sleep or you, you got to rest. And I understand you need to rest in your salvation at the same time. You've got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, and Romans is very clear. It's the kindness and severity of the Lord that we have to, that, that, that leads us to repentance. So I'm trying to get in touch with Jesus's words and they're chafing me. They're, disturbing me and i don't know how to do it i'm like okay unless i repent i'll likewise perish lord help me you know what's interesting though is he tells a parable tie right after that of the tree that didn't the fig tree that didn't bear fruit yes. and he's going to rip it up and plant another tree there give the gr- the soil to another And the guy appeals, the gardener goes, please don't. Let me one more year dig around it, fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, fine. If it doesn't, we'll snatch it out. And the point is, I think what he's saying is, is that tragedies are our rare opportunities to personally reflect and repent. Yes. So that will be fruitful. Because I don't even think we realize how unfruitful we are. You know, I don't think we realize how far from the gospel we are with related to materialism. You know, the thing that God's really, I'm repenting over, I'm so sad about it, actually. (laughs) It's in Colorado Springs. It's filled. It's like the Mecca of itinerant ministries. And yet when COVID-19 hit, I don't think I knew anybody to help, really. Wow. Everybody's on social media, all the itinerants here on social media giving their opinions, but I I don't know if we really even knew each other to help Colorado Springs. Wow. And I went, no more. I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to live with a family of people that live out the gospel, that care for the sick and the poor, and I'm not going to be content with my itinerant ministry where I teach but I don't do. And so… You know, they say that those who don't do coach, you know, and I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. There's no such thing as a coach who doesn't do in the gospel, with the gospel. And so, I don't know. I I, I feel disjointed as I'm talking to you, but that's really where my heart's yeah. at. I'm trying to learn the ancient path of repentance and um, get right with God. Yeah. You no, know, really get right with God. Yeah. What and I'm, getting, I'm getting a two-month to three-month leave to do that. Yes. No, most of us don't. And so, uh, man, we ought to take advantage of this time. Yes. Connect our hearts to the crisis. Yes. God, give me the gift of tears or else. You and I have been in the prayer movement for decades now. Night and day yes. prayer for 21 years. And yet, I don't know if we've truly wept. mm mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the people that do twenty four seven, have we truly wept over the crisis, you know? And um, have we trembled and asked for His Spirit to touch us? Well, you know, I'm praying. I hope He does mine. I, I believe He's going to. Yes. Yes. So I'm waiting. I'm just waiting in that place of going. I don't want to get out from underneath the fear of the Lord too soon.
0: Yeah. I so appreciate um, you sharing just the, the current state of affairs in your heart and, and how you're processing this moment. And uh, I think it's so easy to want to, you know, have tidy, neat resolutions so that we can, you know, like move on with simplicity. And uh, I think just the, the tension of this moment that's not easy to resolve and, and, and even just, in not being able to find our normal you know yeah. I, I so appreciate just that the the prayer that you had lord give me the gift of tears yeah and i, I think that that we oftentimes want to be able to uh, move forward you know with strength that that, that we don't really want to stay in the place of weakness and brokenness and mourning and and i'm with you alan I don't want to move on from this moment without the lord having done all that he wants to do in me in us through this and uh, what an opportunity that we have right now you know to dial down amidst the lack of opportunity the lack of activity the the lack of options yeah. that, that that we would once again rend our hearts once again in humility come to the lord Expressing our lack of connectedness to the pain, our lack of tears, our lack of being able to move this, and, and may this be a moment where we're found just mourning yeah. over our spiritual poverty, mourning over our our inability to enter in to the pain of this moment. And um, I, I I so appreciate just the, the practical wisdom of, of just even. How you're wrestling through this, and, and there are there aren't easy answers, and and there isn't just you know simple doctrine that we can just ascribe to this moment. But but the reality of what the Lord's inviting us into in the midst of this tragedy. Yeah. Would you Would you pray for those that are listening and, and just feeling just the wrestle of of what you're sharing and, and and even just in their inability and and just even feeling like they don't know how to move forward. Well, yeah, I think I
1: will pray for, pray for us, pray for me and and you and us. And, but I do think we, we've lost the uh, spiritual discipline of waiting, of waiting on the Lord. And what I mean by that is, you know, with the, I'm from the old holiness, Methodist holiness camp where you prayed it through. You go to the altar and you pray it through. And if you got to go to the altar every day for three years, you pray it through. There's this sense of, you know, that in your flesh, you can't make it. I can't make myself cry today. You know, I can't make myself connect, but I can wait. I can put myself before the scripture. Amen. I can tell God my heart's hard and I need his help. And I'm looking for the day. I think all the various denominations carry that gift of whether it's for this thing's going to end with revival or this thing's going to help restore families or the correct posture of the church and the life of the church and how we do church life together or how we care for the sick. I think it's really going to go there. And corporate gatherings of prayer. I think right now the Lord's asking us, yeah, but when you go, when you do those things, mm-hmm. will you live from a connected heart? Yes. You know, I think that's if the one thing I can contribute. Okay. There's lots of other people contributing lots of really good perspectives on this. Because tragedy has lots of different you know, viewpoints and perspectives that are right and good. I think today I'm going to pray for us that we would live with a connected heart to Jesus. That we could love like he loves and feel okay. like he feels. Because I think we've been through so many tragedies. We've just gotten hard. Yeah. We've got files for pandemics and shootings and war. And, and so, Father, I ask you, in the name of Jesus, for help. We simply come and we ask in this time of lockdown, of being home together, that you would help us. Lord, even as you deliver us from inordinate, ungodly fear that we could have humble and contrite hearts who tremble before your word, Lord, we want to be authentic. We want to live with connected hearts. We want to be vessels that have your heart, Jesus. So help us. Help us, Lord. Give us this gift of reflection and repentance. And Lord, restore us again. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We cry out for forgiveness, we pray, we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways and we ask you to hear from heaven, forgive our sin and heal our land. Push back this dreaded disease, Father. Yes. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, give us give us humble loving hearts, God. Yes, sir. in Jesus name. As we heal, as we visit, as we love, as we do life together, God, give us a connected heart with you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us, help us feel again. Help us cry again that our eyes would cry before our mouths speak. Help us, God. Restore true prayer, Lord, more than a form. Restore the spirit of prayer in Jesus' name.
0: Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alan, for the for the fatherly counsel and wisdom. We love you. We so appreciate who you Amen.
1: are. I, I love you, friend. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for all you're doing for the body of Christ. We love you dearly and are praying for you. Amen. Give those cute kids of yours, the cutest kids on the planet,
0: a big hug. And yes. next time I see them, I'm giving them money. <laughs> and they'll miss them. Yes. Well, um, we look forward to getting to be in person again. Thank you for making time and be with us. Thank you, everybody, for being part of this podcast today. Bless you guys. Look forward to being on again. Amen. Love you guys. All right. bless you, Alan.